passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports betting info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get in to the action. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with former legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. Good, good. Uh, watching Summer League. Actually, I'm glad you guys didn't bet on that um, that game that I bet on last week. Uh, I think it was the us versus, it was, it was the first Summer League game, which... Memphis? Yeah, it was a Memphis game. Yeah, which we came back in that one, but yeah, the 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 money line uh, betting on them straight up was not was not a good call. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we covered either. I think we were at plus three, and we lost by four. Right? It was weird because we we were plus three, and then right before the game, like our line completely changed. We became minus two, so we were like the the heavy favorite. So what you're saying is, I need to listen to Tasia when I start. Whenever I start betting. Tejas, uh, he doesn't really bet on all the sports. He only he only picks his sports that he bets on. I I kind of bet on everything. Oh, oh yeah. So so yeah. you should definitely listen I, to me. Then. I'm not gonna bet on everything. <laughs> so basically, there's nothing. Do a little, on, little but... football and a little basketball. That, that's it. I mean, I can't. I like some other sports, but I, I can't bet on them. So, so if you don't I will eventually place my first first sports bet. Eventually, I've never bet on sports, but you know, think about it. Now that I live in Vegas, it's, you know, yeah, it's enticing. I was going to say, you say that in Vegas, you're going to have guys, you're going to have wise guys knocking <laughs> on your door, dude. You got to be careful with that. Um, I will say there's a hierarchy with my bets. You know, I, I go with uh, NFL, uh, college football, NBA. It's all, that's all in the same kind of realm uh, for me. But then everything else, the dead period right now, you got MLB, you got Major League Lacrosse, Premier Lacrosse League, you got tennis, you got all, all sorts of things you can NBA Summer League now, all sorts of things you can have fun with. Summer League. <laughs> I can't. can't do that. This yeah. is like the betting off season for me. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, before we get into the show tonight, I saw something uh, before I came on uh, today. It was that Andre Guadalla was talking about uh, Rasheed Wallace, and he said if Rasheed Wallace played in uh, nowadays NBA, he'd be a top five player, and he'd be better than Giannis. Who said this? 
Uh, Iguodala. Andre Iguodala said this. That Rashid would be better than uh, Giannis if he played in uh, modern times. Well, I mean, I don't really get into guy play then, play now. The one thing I do know is that Rasheed Wallace is one of the most skilled and best power forwards I've ever played against. I can say that. Now, I'm not going to get into what he would do in different eras, but I do know for that for a fact from what I've seen from a skill standpoint, um, knowledge of the game, talking on the court defensively, well-rounded player. He's one of the best power forwards I've seen that don't get talked a lot. Um, if I had to put a guy in front of him that – don't get talked about a lot would be Derek Coleman. Um, Those two guys, I think um, you can ask a lot of the top power forwards about those guys. And and I bet you they would confirm the talent and skill that they have. Yeah. Cause you can put those guys like, like it would also, you can put those guys playing now. I mean, the the, the way they play, they play generationally. That game could be picked up anyway. I mean, I I think, I think for for Rashid, I think, you know, what you see is you see a guy that's pushing seven foot um, and very skilled. You can score on the block, both hands, shoot the three, play defense. So I think that his versatility for now, I mean, guy that could play some power forward, play center. Um, he could, you know, you could try to put him on the Anthony Davis. You could try to put him on the Joel. I mean, that versatility and then being able to make shots and you can give him the ball and he can ISO one-on-one and score. I see why Andre would say that um, based on his skill set. But, you know, like I said, I don't really get into what they would be, but the, the talent was there. I think another guy that you could say that about, too, in a lot of ways is Lamar Odom. I think he would excel way more in today's mm-hmm. game than he did then. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of guys. I mean, I think that when 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 people look at, you know, that time that those guys play versus now, um, it, it's – it's, you know, with the freedom of movement, it's a lot of guys that didn't have maybe as much success because of that, that, that rule and, and that aggressiveness, the, the more freedom of movement, the more freedom of movement that you you were given guys back then, the more guys would have um, numbers probably would have been better. Um, but I think that the fact that the way the rules were in, you had guys, you know, that was probably a little stronger and not as talented. They were able to, kind of make get their way against some guy that maybe wasn't as physical, but he was really extremely talented. So that physicality kind of, how can I say, even the playing field a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's a lot of examples like that. Um, I believe that, you know, and that's where a lot of people say the game was different. Um, you know, it, it's different from the standpoint, but I do think, that, I personally think that any guy can play in any era because they're professionals. It's just that how you how effective you are or your role may change, um, you know, superstars. And I don't think it's that a lot of them, but the superstars, I think, could be superstars in any era. Do you think some of that's coaching stubbornness, too? Like in NFL, the same way, like you had a lot of coaches that used a guy within their system and they wouldn't kind of go out of their their coaching system to excel at a guy's skill set that he's really good at like well you're going to play my small forward position i I know you're really good at that but i I think it was it was really the skill set of whoever was causing or you know whoever was getting double teams or making the plays easier for you and usually people play inside out because back then um if you had the guy one-on-one 
you either had them on the block where it could catch and score before the double team came. A lot of isos on the perimeter, guys were able to do it, but it was easier to double team those guys and kind of take the ball out of their hand. So that's why the inside out was there, the inside out. And then you have, you put teams in rotation. I mean, you put teams in rotation, then you can penetrate the rotation or you can offensive rebound on the rotation or you can knock down shots on the rotation. But it was all, you know, started by a guy being able to score on the block. And then you get guys like Michael Jordan who didn't really get on the block as much, but catching it on the elbow mm-hmm. was, was still looked at, you know, sort of the triangle office. It was still looked at as the block because it was a quick catch and shoot, a quick catch and play where, you know, you could play away from the double team or you can get movement on the weak side. So it was harder to double team um, in that, in that, in that triangle offense, but you also needed a Michael Jordan or Kobe to make it work even better. <laughs> um, so, but I just, that's why I just think that, you know, it's just different. I mean, guys would have found a way just like they did in the nineties from the eighties and the two thousands and like, like you find a way. Um, the, the, that's what I think that the players and the coaches um, executives, people in the NBA, you find a way, and based on the rules that they put in, every time they put some in, people have come with a way to um, to succeed with it. So I, I think that that's the elevation of the game. And I just I just think if a guy putting a guy into now, it, it's diff- it would be different for him. Just like putting a guy in the past, it would be different. So you would have to um, still have to – that's why I say guys can still be successful. It just may look different. Like, yeah, you, know, you think a guy like Steph Curry, Steph Curry you have to sure. evolve a little bit. But for sure. the, the, with the way the rules were, it would be hard for Steph to come and shoot those deep shots with guys allowed to ride on your hip. So I think the, the knowledge of, that Steph has in this game, he would be effective, but he probably would do it differently mm-hmm. because he would, you know, be a little more Richie Miller where you get more freedom and catch and shoot and run off screens more so than coming down sure. and shooting with someone on your hip. So that's why I'm saying like, I think you could be successful, but it'd be just different because, you know, the rules kind of put you in a situation where those guys find out what works for them. And, you know, guys are too good. They're not going to just make bad plays or bad shots. So you, you adjust. And that's what I think, you know, they're doing. I mean, I, I just think it's silly to think that a guy couldn't do something before and now he can. Like, you can't compare the, the, the times and the players um, just, you know, I just know that they're all NBA players and, you know, I enjoy watching them all. Yeah. Yeah. People can just go, go, go on and on with the whole era talk. It's just, it's too hard because the game's the same, well, I mean, but it's, it's different just, from just, era to era. Click, click, babe. I mean, just get somebody to click on what yeah. you say, how you feel. I mean, or, really or cool. like, or like Ray Allen arguing with a bunch of kids at a, at a, at a camp. I mean, it's really irrelevant, but, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, but Ray can feel however he feel. Who's to say he's yeah. wrong? Like, you know, yeah. Play with all them guys. Yeah, that's so, that's I mean, the beauty of it, right? That's the beauty yeah, of it. I, mean, I just, you know, people argue with the guy that actually did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he may actually have a little, you know, a little knowledge. Mm. <laughs> True, but doesn't like, doesn't personal relationship with that guy that you played with play into that? Maybe it isn't just some, I'm not saying Ray. I'm just yeah. saying sometimes there are bad feelings between beef between players and they don't come out and say, Oh, I had beef with so-and-so, but it comes out in their opinion. Yeah, about I their mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but Michael Jordan did say he felt Isaiah Thomas was the second best point guard ever. 
Yeah. And we know his beef there. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so that's after a long time. That's all I'm saying. We know his beef there, though, right? Yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, I just, yeah. I, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I do understand what you're saying. And I do think that when people don't have a great relationship with someone, they, they tend probably to give them less credit. Mm, yes, yep. I, I, I do feel that. Um, but, but I've yet to see a guy say a guy couldn't play. He wasn't yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't as good as maybe the next guy. But um, when you in, I, one thing I can say is when you're in that league um, and you're playing in that league, you know who the top players are. Mm-hmm. You know. Guys in the league know. Yeah. Um, people can fight it and they can say whatever they want. But when you're in there, you know, it's just in, in anybody else's profession. You can go to whatever your profession may be. When you go into that building, if you're the best, you know, you know who's the best in your profession. You know who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, other people may have an opinion um, and want to argue it and pull out stats and pull out all these other stuff. But at the end of the yeah. day, um, when you're in there, you know. Yeah. Like we're diehard MB fans, obviously. We're Sixer fans, yes. but that, that's one of the moments I knew that he how highly regarded he was in the league. When they were going all-star games, they're going ISO with MB, like just give the ball to Joel. That's the that's the cream of the crop saying no one can stop him. We know that because we play against him all the time. Yeah. It's almost like the, the game admitting like how good he was. I was like, man, MB really is that guy, huh? Yeah, when you know, like it's just you know, it's a hard matchup. You know, for people like people, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people even have a guy that can defend them really well, um, but they still, you know, you still know. Ball yeah. don't lie. Yeah. That's yeah. um, kind of a good transition. You're going from like a top player and a guy that a lot of people are doubting is a top player. Um, but if you look at his stats last year, he looked pretty, pretty solid, but talking heads don't think so. Uh, so we're going we're to transition to uh, James Harden here. Um, so there were so- strong sources that said Harden's contract was pretty much done last week. And he's going to take a one-year deal in the low mid-30s with the second year as a player option. So it's a two-part question here. Now that it's official, what do you think about Harden's supposed deal for the two years? And are you worried that it has not been announced yet? So there's two questions there for you guys. Um, worried that it's not been announced? No, I'm not worried. I just think that, you know, some there, there are times when you may come to an agreement and maybe it's a few things that need to be worked out or maybe some other things need to be addressed before you officially sign. Um, so I could see maybe one of those, those things. Um, as far as him signing the deal, I mean, I, I think he signed a, a deal that he's comfortable with and that helped the team. So that, that didn't surprise me. Um, and I think that he understands that he's probably in the position right now that you know, he, he can get a deal, but to get a deal and, and still win and get a deal that, um, you know, he really got to perform to increase it. Um, but, I, but I do think that, you know, he's in a good position to, um, you know, stay, stay at the level that he's in. Tejan, what were your thoughts on the other deal? Um, on the Based on the report, so – a $15 million pay cut, which would bring him around $32 million with the player option for the second year. So it's a pay cut to allow Philly to sign some good players, make some upgrades to the roster, sort of a prove-it deal for him as well. Um, if he kills it next year, I could see Philly going ahead and giving him like a three-year extension for good money, which he would you know deserve at that point, right? 
If he looks like shit, then, well, I guess we'll just opt into that one-year player deal and play in the mid-30s. Um, and if that does happen, Tobias will expire the next year. And this is all before we even have to extend Maxi. So it could be great planning just on Rory's part. If Hard looks great, then he's worth it. If he doesn't look as good or the Harden we've seen as who he is, um, then we get to get out of a, a think about 80 million, 70 something million dollars of contract between him and Harris. Um, I'm not worried it hasn't been announced yet. I'd say I'm more curious. Uh, maybe they're working on some incentives. Many believe it's just because you might take a, maybe a bigger cut, see who they can maybe get in the trade to base it on his numbers to see if he could sign what he signs for to make the trade happen. Um, there's a lot of speculation right now, but I think I'll get announced soon. Um, but it all sounds really positive. Yeah. The, the one that I heard last week was the um, potentially Eric Gordon trying to make room for Eric Gordon. Cause that's it, one of his boys for it to bring him on as well. But apparently Houston got actually got a lot of offers for Eric Gordon and uh, yeah. they're turning down a lot of people's offers. So maybe it's not that easy to get Eric Gordon. That to be a big pay cut. I heard he didn't take like, like a, around like a $20 million pay cut for that. So I don't know if he's going to sign for the twenties, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, like you said, it's all speculation at this point, but when it does get announced, I'll be uh, I'm sure everyone, like there's a lot of Sixers fans who are worried that he, something's there, there's been a kind of a snag in the whole thing, which I, I don't think that's the case at all. Not if he's at the gym practicing with Cassell and Maxi. That's I mean, yeah. it's like, that shows you how he's in. I mean, like whether he's signed a dotted line yet, that's just maybe formality at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that video was with Cassell what was great. He was working on the, the mid-rangers. He must be watching our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was that was a that was that was a mid-range um um skill like a uh, uh, practice. That was great. Good. <laughs> yeah, if he if he locks out that uh, mid-ranger, I mean we talked about on the show. I mean that his game set uh with uh, with our squad. Yeah. It unlocks a whole other part of his game. That's crazy to say that about all be there. It's gonna be there. I mean, yeah, know, yeah. Teams, especially in the playoffs, like we've all, like I've said before, a lot of teams in the playoffs they, they go to that shot, they, they hit it consistently. So, mm-hmm. um, if that's something he goes to, and, and, and I know that he can do it, um, I think it'll, he'll benefit and the team will too. It's like a mid, I do like a midi step back. No. Drive, drive, drive. A little step back. I don't know if you need all the stepping back, but that's his comfort zone. Even when he has an open catch and shoot, he still does a step. You you may need a little fade here and there, but (laughs) you need to do a step back on the mid range. Just pass. He he loves that step, though. I I think that's like a part of his mechanic now at this point. (laughs) I have one question on that uh, because I mean, everyone was loving Cassell's coaching on that. And I think. Cassell, if anything, God forbid anything happens with Doc Rivers next year, if we do get rid of him, if we have an early playoff exit, I hope Cassell is in consideration for the job. Um, but is that normal for assistant coaches to be with players like during the offseason like that, like doing stuff like that? Is that normal? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they don't spend the whole summer with them. I mean, they were probably um, all at maybe, say, for summer league practices. So they come and watch and then they, they work out. But some of the coaches usually go um, – to wherever the players are and spend some time with them. Um, so that that's normal. I, mean, I, I don't know how much time they actually spend with them, not like all summer, right. but they do go and work out with them. That's, that's very common. Yeah. Probably even more common now than it was when I played. Well, probably the end of my career is when teams started really going to the player. It was kind of the player coming to the city. Mm. Um, um, when I played, if you were away for the summer, you would probably come back 
here and there to meet up with some coaches and it was really to see if you were in shape. Um, but <laughs> now it's kind of the reverse. They kind of go to the player more mm-hmm. so than the player coming. Um, Cause a lot of those players don't live in, you know, where they play. Yeah. I think yeah. I did read that he spent, he's been spending a lot of time with Cassell, part of his workout yeah. regimen, kind of a uh, Harden that is. Good. That's so, good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. That's a per- perfect guy to do it to, to, to work with. Um, okay. So talk about, uh, about mid range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's like, dude, <laughs> it's there. If anyone can see it, it's because I was like, dude, it's there. It's there. I see it. I, I would love, I'd feast in that. <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, talking about uh, our roster, um, and this is something we kind of talked about last week as far as like kind of the roster construction, how many players we have over the 15-player max. But uh, now that we've signed Michael Foster Jr. to, I think it's called the Exhibit 10 contract, yeah. which uh, it's a, it's a non-guarantee uh, contract. But now with, with it, the signing, it allows him to, if they um, release him, he can go to RG Late team. Gotcha, okay. No matter who has his rights. Um, he he can go to RG League team, and he you know he gets more money for coming to camp. So it's a way of kind of giving him um, more money, and then kind of being able to keep him really, you know, keep him really only a part of your organization gotcha. um, instead of like mm-hmm. if you happen to let, let him go, you know, he doesn't go to another team or another team's G League team. So you're paying for the rights, then basically. Basically. Okay. But you get him to go to camp and you get you basically you're able to keep him under you know, under like I say, under your umbrella. Cause so say for instance, he may go into the draft or somebody else may draft him. Um, and they may own his rights, but as long as he's under the exhibit ten, he'll he can go play for us. Mm. So if that expires after one year and we don't sign him to another one, if he goes back into the G League, he either gotta re enter the draft or Go to whichever team has his rights. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, and he, he's looked all right during summer league too. So um, yeah. hopefully something happens with that. And we got a good G League team, Jameer Nelson, running the uh, the Blue Coats down there in Delaware. Nice. Um, oh yeah. But so anyway, so w- with that, we now have two players over the roster limit with with the signing of Michael Foster Jr. Um, so a lot of things I'm reading. Two for one trades looking pretty likely, and we a lot of things we heard about. Been a lot of two for ones. Um, because of how hard it is to be to acquire Eric Gordon, um, we have some other likely candidates that are out there that have been kind of, you know, quote unquote, been shopped around. Um, so I want to ask you guys who you prefer. Um, so obviously, the more money the player that player is owed, the more players we have to be traded in in this uh, in the scenario. But some of the names have been shopped around: Reggie Bullock, who's owed ten million dollars; Justin Holiday owed six million dollars; Pat Beverly, thirteen million dollars; Malik Beasley, fifteen million dollars. Alec Burks, $10 million, and Josh Hart, $13 million. So of those guys, as far as a potential two-for-one deal, which of those guys would you say, like, oh, yeah, that, that'd be a guy we should go for instead in lieu of an Eric Gordon type? Um, I mean, it's kind of tough. I mean, a lot of those, some of those guys are very similar. I mean, I think Reggie Bullock has, you know, maybe the last few years he's um, kind of excelled in his role. Um, if I had to kind of guess, and I don't remember all the names you just said, <laughs> um, um, and uh, but I would say Reggie Bullock fits, um, especially at his salary. If his salary if, is it lower than Malik's and Josh Hart's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, definitely with a lower salary. Um, uh, I would say 
you know, in a team that's kind of like built to win now or win, you know, next year. I mean, I think that that fits and you're able to get him at a lower salary. I will probably say that one. Uh, Tasia, yeah. Dallas apparently loves Thibel too. So that's why we keep getting that speculation with Dallas for uh, Bullock. But I think a lot of it comes down to, <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm going to say, but probably take a wild guess. Huh? I think we do. I, I think we, we know you want to ship Thibel out for, for peanuts. So uh, I was going to say it all comes down if you want to keep Thibel or not. If you want to keep Thibel, then you trade Ferk and some seconds to Atlanta for holiday. It gives you a capable defender. It's like a poor man's Bullock. It gives you a capable defender. At the wing, hit 37% on catch and shoot threes last year. Pretty reasonable contract at six million. Very and pretty. You think easy. Atlanta would do that? I, three seconds, maybe. I mean, we we talk about, you know, you said three seconds, you would do that? But would I would I do that or would they do that? You how long is Doc gonna be here for? <laughs> three seconds is a lot it is a lot i mean they they just got him I, I don't know if they would do it for two seconds though that's the thing because i mean Ferk, it's just yeah i i wouldn't want to give and this gives you a nice little gauge on thibel i wouldn't want to give i don't think i would want to give thibel away for justin holiday he's 33 i think he's 33 i just don't see that that's, that's not a good enough return for me for thibel to be honest with you i think we could do better with thibel interesting um, <laughs> yeah, what you, you do Thibault for Justin Holland? No, I don't know. No, you you the anti Thibault guy, not me. <laughs> I'm anti. I think we swayed you back into the thought being a Thibault. <laughs> I'm on the fence. I'm on the Thibault fence. I'm gonna build. I'm gonna make sure the Thibault fence. It's gonna be me on it. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I even if I don't like him, I think we could do better than than that. I, I think he has more value. I think team there are teams that want him. I don't think we're at this point. If we got through draft night without trading him. I don't think we're just going to give him away for a Justin Holiday. Now, I if we're going to package Thibel, I'd rather package him for like a. Then it goes into the other guys that the ones you do. I don't. Th- I think Pat Bev's going to be bought out probably in season. I don't think you need to trade for him. Um, I would do Thibel and Ferk for Bullock. I, I think that'd be a good two for one. I think because I think we're ready to win now with him. Um, Josh Hart's got a pretty good contract. He's locked up for two more years at twelve, thirteen million. His catch and shoot three is okay. It's thirty-four percent last year. Uh, Burks and Beasley are pretty close for me. Comes down to money, I go Burks because he makes ten and Beasley makes like fifteen. Um, but Beasley, I, just, I looked that up. Uh, uh, I saw this on Twitter. Um, shot almost eleven catch and shoot threes per forty minutes last year, and hit thirty-eight percent, which is pretty good. That's a high. I mean, that's all they had Malik doing was catch and shoot. Oh, I and mean, that's it. That's probably what you do for us. I mean, that's pretty good then. So 38%, that's a, that's a high, pretty high. That's nice for that many that catch and shoots. Um, Burks was no slouch. He, sh- he shot 42% on his catch and shoots last year. Uh, I think he shot like 4.1 per uh, 40 minutes last year. The same same guy posted that. Um, he played a different role with the Knicks too. I mean, he has some primary ball handling responsibilities too. Yeah, you can use him as that too, right? So, I mean, like – Not that he catch- would do that with us, but it, it, it's – he did it. No, that would definitely cut into, I guess, what, what uh, uh, Shake's minutes. So I, I, that would be tough on Shake. But um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't really be the wing we're looking for. But if we're just looking for a guy who can shoot off the bench, then Burks could be that. Um, he makes 10. He makes five less than Beasley. Uh, so, I mean, we'd have to wait, I think, to trade for all those guys. I know um, Beasley, Burks, 
um, Bev, and the only guys we would have to wait for, I think, are um, uh, Bullock and Har because they weren't traded. Um, but I love most of these guys. I like the. I mean, like like you said, they're all pretty similar because we have a type. So um, you know, I think if you do one of these kind of deals for one of those guys, I think our team is pretty much good to go. Outside of a you know a Harris trade coming out of left field, um, I'm still still heartbroken. Royce O'Neill got traded. I, I really I really would have loved to require him, but but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I will say um, based on everything I read like last week when the whole reports came out about Harden signing his deal, everyone said the Sixers are, are not done yet. So that's been a big thing. Everyone keeps saying that the Sixers are not done yet. It was uh, what's it? Uh, the Stein line. Mark Stein said that. Uh, we're not done, and a couple other reporters said that too. So obviously something's in the works uh, still. Um, but you guys talk about you know trading trading for a three uh, three and D type guy. Um, some more fans are saying not to do that because of what they're seeing in summer league. So we're going to go to our next segment here. Um, so the Sixers finished up the Salt Lake City summer league games and are currently in Vegas. So I have, the questions are: What, what are your thoughts uh, from what you've seen so far? Are there any guys standing out? Because some of our fans say that we don't need to trade for a three and D guy because we got him from uh, Arkansas, Isaiah Joe, who's tearing up the summer league so far. Uh, if you look at his three point percentage, but uh, just curious, what, what, what's standing out to you guys so far? Go ahead, Tasia. Let me go first, Eric. Um, <laughs> I think Paul Reed did exactly what we needed him to do. Um, Seventeen and eleven in Salt Lake City, not playing in Vegas, rightfully so. I think he proved, I think he, you know, he is what we, we want him to be and, and develop into. He had a couple threes too. Um, Isaiah Joe, I think is a legit sharpshooter. He's 16 of 29 from three. If we did do a two for one swap for FERC, um, that would be, I think, who would replace whatever's left for the FERC minutes. Um, is he in a rotation guy? I, I don't know. I think he needs to be developed though. I think, I think what we, what his skill set is, I think, is worthy of development. And I think we need to see if he can crack the rotation. Do you think he can crack the rotation, Eric? That's the question. <laughs> um, I think Joe has a shot <clears throat> to, to crack the rotation. It's just if he does, he may be in, in shape. You know, it's, it's somebody's going to have to, you know, not be in that rotation. Um, I, I think he's, you know, just from what I've seen in the summer league, I think he's earned himself a shot just as much as those guys have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he's earned that. So I, I expect he would get some look. I don't know how it how it will look, but I do believe that he'll get a chance. Um, <clears throat> you know, whether it's early in you know, preseason games or early in the season, I do believe that he'll get a shot um, this coming season. Um, and and we'll see how he performs. I, I think that um, he, Paul Reed and, and, and Joe are the two guys that I feel that have increased their chances of, you know, Reed, Reed I think he's, you know, confirmed solid minutes. I don't know the particular role. Um, or, you know, being the guy that they kind of trust a little more. Um, and like I said, Joe, I think with team as is, it'll come down, I believe it'll eventually come down to um, Ferk and Shake and, and maybe Joe as maybe that ninth or tenth guy um, that, you know, you kind of look at, 
is that first guy off the bench between those three. I mean, I think it's, I think it's an open competition for those three right now. Um, who would be the first guy that would, you know, get the look? Um, Springer, um, I'm not certain. Um, he's, you know, I always got to remember how young he is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the thing that was kind of interesting to me is, you know, I've kind of maybe envisioned him being more of a primary ball handler. And, but we've been having cashers do that, which is, you know, cashers is really good at doing that. And Springer was being used more as a score. So I think that that's how they kind of view him uh, more of a s- scoring guy that could give you a punch off the bench. And that's kind of from what I've seen, how I think they envision him. Um, if that's the case, he's, it's going to be tough for him to get in the rotation because he's his work cut out for him. If that's his role. Yeah. If that's his role. And even if he's a primary ball handler, it's going to be tough with, um, yeah. um, not even Maxie, but James, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Just in general. So. And Milton and Melton. Yeah. I just, I mean, unless he just comes in and he's, he's better than those other guys that we talked about that's fighting for the nine, 10, 11 role. If he comes in and he has a better camp than those guys, then maybe I see it. Um, I just think that those guys are probably better fitted, better fits for roles, specific roles than he is right now. Yeah, it's tough because you got the four guys we just mentioned. He's not a better scorer than Shake, and he's not a better shooter than Joe. So that's hard. That's really hard for him. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I like he could be a better scorer than Shake. I don't. We don't know. I mean, to me, if that's how they're playing them, I think that's how they view him. Um, yeah. But I, would, I wouldn't necessarily go and say Shake's a better score. Like, I wouldn't necessarily. He's more polished because he's older. And he's yeah, older. I mean, he has a little more experience. But I, I, would, I would need to see more of Springer to really just say that with so much confidence. Yeah. What do you guys think of ba- uh, Charles Bassey so far? Because I, I think he actually looked pretty pretty solid in that in that five role. But do you think he think he looks good enough to be our backup five so far, or you guys see more? I, I like him. I just I, 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 I like him. No, I like him. I just think that he's um, it would probably be better for your third big right now. Mm. Um, I still think you need the veteran big, and, and I think that he's he's a guy that I think can get an opportunity um, to play, um, but. I still think that you need, you need more of a, a veteran ex, um, experience to deal with, you know, the teams and when you plan and making adjustments and just when the teams throw different things at you, you have someone that's kind of been there before. But I think when Joel's out. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. You, but then you kind of still need to give him a little burn. And I think you get that throughout the season um, as time goes on. But I would say he probably needs to be a third guy. Mm-hmm. So do we think that Paul Reed's more of like a, like a backup four? Because people still think he's the – I mean, that's the thing. The first game, he was the four to Bassey playing five. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, people still want him to be our backup five for MB, which I, doesn't make any sense to me. If he's, being, if he's a four in summer league, he's not going to be a I, I, That's why I think that um, we need more of a five than a four because I think that, you know, Reed is a guy that can play a little both. Mm-hmm. Depending on who, who the opponent is, matchup, yeah. Um, so that's why I still say that the five, even if Paul is getting those minutes, I, I still think you need a more veteran guy at the five position 
because mm-hmm. I think that if you can play so Paul Reed at some four, um, you still have obviously Tobias and, and PJ um, that can play the four too. So you know, even Daniel House can play some four. Daniel House, yeah. Based on, you know, so I think it's still more of the five position. I, I see him getting more minutes at the five, even though he may be able to play some four. If he's to me, if he's going to play consistently, I think it will be at the five position. Because then if he does play backup four, who's playing backup five then? Nasty full-time backup five? I just don't see that. I just don't – I don't think that they'll play him at four alone with a backup five. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Even more so, yeah. Yeah, and like we mentioned last week, there's a lot of there's a lot of available uh, veteran bigs out there right now. So yeah, I think you know we're letting things play out, and then we'll probably see what uh, what uh, what's available by the time uh, season rolls around. So yeah, um, bringing Dwight back or bringing Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins would, would be fun to have. I, I've always been a uh, Demarcus Cousins fan. I mean, it'd be nice to have Boogie in the house. Yeah. He had a stint with Maury and Houston, though, didn't he? No, that, that that was after him because that uh, Har- that was that was right around the time Harden wanted to get out. Remember, when Cousins um, Cousins said, oh, "We w- only want players who want to be here. Uh, we want players who want to be here." And they cu- and more was already gone by that point. Mm, okay, so they just like they just miss each other. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, for our next topic here, um, so with the moves made so far, obviously we know we're not done yet, or we think we're not done yet with the moves that we've made so far. But where have you seen our team improving the most? So the incoming guys we've seen that have come in, we have uh, Trevlon Queen, uh, D'Anthony Melton, uh, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, outgoing Danny Green, DeAndre Jordan, and Paul Millsap are the outgoing guys. So of the moves we've made this offseason, where have you seen our team kind of improve the most? Um, I just think that the, 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 the death, versatility, death, and you know, defensive versatility and depth that you, you brought in. I think you addressed that. Um, guys that have proven to be able to contribute um, and and that they can all succeed in, in, in reserve roles. And some have stepped in and, and, and started and did well. So I think that that right there, you've, you've addressed that. I mean, you obviously lost, a, you know, some size. But I think you have you addressed your your, your wing depth and wing um, defense and wing you know spot up catch and shoot. Yeah, Tasia, where I know going into the offseason you you were big on getting a bringing in that dog presence and kind of that yeah. hustler types, and I think we we definitely got at least two of those types coming. Oh in. yeah, no, I think so. So I think Millsap and Jordan are addition by subtraction. Um, Queen's more of a developmental player. So we really lost Green and added House, Tucker, and Melton. We got more athletic with Melton, and Eric hit on that a few times. We got got versatility with all three of them. Melton, House, and Tucker can guard three positions each. Uh, Melton can guard, can switch on threes, not stay on them all game, but he can switch on them because of his length. And then House and Tucker are incredibly versatile defenders. Um, All three guys can hit threes. They're all got, got a little dog in them, some more than others. I think we got stronger overall too. Um, Melton might be our most most athletic player now. If not, he's up there. Um, improved shooting, improved versatility, flexibility with lineups and rotations. Uh, guys that can rebound. Melton's known as maybe one of the, if not the best, rebounding guard in the league. 
Um, I mean, Green could play D and he can hit threes, not just corner threes. And I looked at his shot chart recently from last year. With Tucker, we got uh, a better rebounder. And, yeah, Tucker's really relegated to the corner threes. But he's a pretty efficient paint scorer, too. Not that, you know, you, you put him in the paint and want him to score. But that's something that Green just couldn't do. Like Green was just was a corner three guy, and that was a corner three or three on top of the key, and that was pretty much it. Same goes for House. House can hit the corner three, and he can score a little bit in the paint. I think I saw that House had more made shots in the paint than Green even had attempted last year. So um, pretty <laughs> impressive. Or which, It depends which way you think about it. Uh, Green, it's interesting, too. Green just didn't spend any time in the paint, rightfully so, and then poor guy, go figure – Look where he got hurt in the paint because probably he wanted to save his legs for just corner threes and whatever energy he had left for defense. Um, but yeah, I think we got yeah we got stronger, better rebounding, and more more versatility. Yeah, I saw that shot chart too. Um, th- th- that was the thing, kind of green shot pretty much everywhere on the court besides the paint. Whereas Tucker, yeah. it's it's very it's kind of it's kind of all over the place, but it's mainly those the spots and then the corners and then like in the corner paint. and paint. Yeah. Same with House, too, except he had a little more, like, you know, uh, elbow going on there. Mm-hmm. A little more on the wings, but. I saw something the other day. It's, you know, fans, everyone's got an opinion, right, on, online. But someone was saying, well, I, I Sixers fans shouldn't be as excited about uh, the Daniel House pickup because Daniel House was, he was a free agent pretty much all last year when Utah was signed him to a 10-day contract. Because we're, we're getting a guy who was a free agent during the season and, we're, and all of the Sixers fans were excited about that. I, I don't get that. I, I, I forgot where I saw it. was on Twitter somewhere. But, like, I mean, what, what do you say? Yeah, to I mean, him? I think that um, his situation was different because <clears throat> he was with Houston and Houston just totally went younger and went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So I think he was a free agent not because of his play, more so because of the direction the team was going in. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at their team, they have a lot of guys that was kind of like him. So, you know, why kind of have him around if he's not going to – if you're going to go a different direction as far as playing guys. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that was the case for him. And you see he was picked up and had success and was on the team in the playoffs and playing. Yeah. Um, so that's – to me, isn't a guy that's just a, you know, Got it. Don't he have got it. he got in bubble trouble too. He brought a girl into his room. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He got in trouble. He got in trouble in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he 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 got caught. <laughs> yeah, no, you're that's that's a good way to put it because damn right, he probably was not the only one. Let's be honest here, man. Come yeah, on. he got caught. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, another reason I don't agree with that too is because. People said similar things. I know it's not the exact same situation, but everyone criticized our Drummond pickup because he was like, oh, man, he was a joke on the Lakers, and now he's like your best free agent acquisition. He had a great, Drummond had a great season with us, and now and then that's a, a, a guy that a lot of teams and a lot of fans wanted this offseason because of the way he played with us last year. So, you know what? Let people say what they want, and then when the guy turns his season around, everyone's, you know, all over his jock afterwards. So, um. I, yeah, I don't. I don't care about that. He actually had a really good end of the season with Utah. Yeah, he did. So yeah, and next year, people are going to look at his with the one year left in his contract and be like, "Wow, he's getting paid that much!" Like, I mean, that's a, that's a steal. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, I think it's people need something to talk about. You know. Yeah, and also it's just I'm not going to say Philadelphia fans, but a lot of Philadelphia fans, yeah, they're, they're more critical in the I mean, beginning. You, you can't own. see where they're coming from. I mean, you know, as far as you know, I, I can see where people are not excited as. You know, 
Tasia is about him. <laughs> you know, I did. I mean, that's, I, that's, a, that's a fair kind of. I did want him before we signed him. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that's I a fair, fair statement. I just think that he's a, you know, I'm probably not as excited as Tasia. So, you, so you're so what you're but saying, I, but, Eric, I, but, I, I but I'm more excited than the people that are being negative. <laughs> so, so, so what you're saying, Eric, is that I shouldn't turn all my Simmons jerseys to house. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like I, I get that he's on my 25. He's a guy that fits a role for us. Mm. Um, you know, to say that maybe he's a guy that you know he seals our championship. Mm, no, that's that's tough. But I think that he's a guy that will help us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was playing big. I hate to bring up the word Houston, but he was playing big minutes for a team and starting for a team with championship aspirations. Yeah, on a on a stacked Houston team. So why he can't do that for us? I, I've known him since he was in college. Though he he's a pro and he can you know help a team and he can help us win. Mm-hmm. Um, from that standpoint, I, I, he's he's very helpful. But you know, yeah. a lot of times when people think of free agents, they think of the big splash. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he's necessarily a big splash, but he's a guy that's, that can definitely help us. Mm-hmm. Who was the biggest like free agent acquisition this year? It was Brunson, right? Because everyone else stayed, right? That, that was a trade, though. That wasn't a free agent acquisition. Well, no, they signed agent? him. They signed him. He's a free agent. That was a free agent. That wasn't a trade. Yeah, he, apparently he didn't even, like agent. give it opportunity. He just like he left right away. Even if it's a trade and sign, it's still a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's it, though, right? Everyone else stayed, right? He was the biggest free agent signing. Unless yeah. Aiden. We'll see what happens with Aiden. That's true. Well, that, yeah, those rumors are swirling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah well, and also Revit, uh, the, 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 okay, I was thinking of Brogdon. I, I keep getting Brunson and Brogdon uh, mixed up. But, yeah, did you, did you guys see that the Brogdon stuff? He hasn't, like, they haven't even done the physical yet with, the, with that whole thing. So they're saying there might be a snag in that whole, uh, the whole process. Yeah, we'll see. I read that yesterday, but then I saw they did their uh, they did their dual press conference with Danilo Gallinari today. So maybe they did it finally. Oh, okay. Well, that that was last night when I when I read that tweet that there was. Yeah. Then I saw. I would think if that was the case, I think it would be a bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we'll see. (laughs) Um. But yeah, Tasia's a big uh, Daniel House fan. Tasia Tasia hasn't played a small ball five for us. Yeah, I don't have anything. I have that. I don't have that. <laughs> oh, your clipboard, you got that. Um, okay, yeah, so yeah, I got, I got them penciled in on my in my 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 roster. Yeah, your different, your different lineups, your small ball line. You got them at five. I mean, it look depending on the matchup, he could. Who's our back? Who's our backup five right now? Well, I mean, uh, Paul Reed or a Bassey. Yeah, Paul, okay. You, I Paul bet Reed, you. Paul you want to put Paul? Put, put, Let's see on practice floor, Paul Reed at five. Daniel House can man up Paul Reed at the five. I mean, I, I'd love to watch that, but, I mean, Paul Reed's uh, the towers over him and at, at his 6'9", and now what, the house is 6'6"? Six, six? I mean, that's, that, those are just inches unless you could use it. You know what I mean? Like, that's, uh, that's fine. Hey, man, the guy's sta- guy stacking on pounds this offseason. <laughs> yeah, he's stacking on pounds. <laughs> he can jump higher, too. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he no house, though. <laughs> right now, he's like an apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so our final topic before we get out of here tonight uh so we've talked about um kind of how free agents don't generally choose to come to philadelphia so it's always a rarity when you hear guys saying they want to come to philly uh but on twitter last week we saw free agent forward markeith morris respond to a fan about coming to the sixers and he responded quote been wanting to for a while now so question would the philadelphia native be a good fit with the other uh, 76ers yes I like him. I like twin. 
I think he can be helpful, and, and he wants to be in Philly. He's a Philly guy. So you benefit yeah. from that. You take away minutes from Dale House, though. I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not into who gonna get the minutes. I just think he he could be helpful. <laughs> now I think he would take away Niang's minutes, but I think he would take away. It's not up to me to decide who's who's losing minutes, but yeah, he can be helpful. Well, I think we have too many guys in the roster anyway. So I mean, if we did the, one of those crazy Gordon or three for one deals, and like Niang's and let's say Niang's included in one of those to get his salary for matching purposes. Absolutely. Keith would be a great cheap if he signed her vet men to save a million or two on uh, going from Niang to him. I, I'd be all for that. That again, like you said, he wants to be here too. And I love, but you know, we talked about the whole no one comes to Philly thing. Look at this offseason, though. You had a guy who chose 15 million less to stay in Philly, who forced his way out of Brooklyn to come to Philly, and Tucker, who left Miami, which was a great heat culture situation. To come here. So, you know, I mean, they're not the biggest name guys, but no one really left except for Brunson, who went to his but dad. You can't so, count a guy as that's already on the roster as coming to Philly. He's already in Philly. Who? Harden? Yes. No, but, but I'm saying but this year, though, it's been a little I, different. I get what you're saying, but, you know. Okay, fine. Tucker wanted to come here, though. Tucker had a bunch of yes. suitors and left Miami to come here for pretty much the same money. Um, I don't know how many people wanted house, but I think he wanted to be here. <laughs> I mean, Tucker was, I think, was a relationship driven too. Yeah, yeah. I heard he wants to. He has like a business plans for out here to, for Philadelphia too. So I mean, it's yeah, a lot of, I mean, it's, you know, and and you, the GM, player, that that, that matters. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to it's good to have that because you know players like Doc and it seems like players that have played for Maury for the most part like Maury. So it's good to have two guys like that who are you know so um, big in our in our well, what we do in Philadelphia. Yeah, be some people that people want to play for. That's a good thing to have. Mm. And star, and have- star power too with Harden and and B too. I mean that kind of that's bringing in the guys to sign for for less to come in. Yeah. Um, and actually, I did read before we came on today that there is there might be a kind of a tampering situation going on. Um, right. Where, uh, I think um, that they're saying that Tucker Tucker being in talks with the Philadelphia before free agency uh, when it got underway was kind of uh, is something that might be investigated. Um, which I don't know. I think I think a lot of teams are, are, are talking to players beforehand. Um, now, if you want to look at the Michael Rubin situation, which always happened and that will always continue to happen. Yeah. Well, Rubin wasn't with the uh, organization at that point. We stepped that down. Will, listen to me. That will always happen. All you, you got to do, do is if, if you have a guy that you know, have an agent that has a, a player on your team and he happens to have a free agent. He's allowed to speak to the team because he has a current player. It'll always happen. Yeah. Yeah. We, know, we, we don't we know what those conversations are all about. It yeah. happens all the time. And you so know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, from all these sources and reports, that's what's kind of throwing things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's running their mouth, and we don't really know whoever run their mouth is coming from inside the, the team. It could be coming from a competing team. Yeah, My, Miami. In most cases, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miami's bitter. They lost. They lost their guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Well, and they and the one thing Miami just lost a pick for the same thing. I know. Look, so look who's crying. It's hilarious. That's. I mean, that probably plays into it. You know, we got punished for it. We want other team to get punished for it. That's definitely playing into that. Which I I I know they they said the Knicks probably lose a second round pick too for Brunson. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you hired his dad. Yeah, you hired Rick. So I mean. You think Rick's not going to talk to his son? Maybe I know Rick? that's crazy, right? That that's really weird. There's, there's got to be family rules for that. Because I mean, like, what you going to say? Don't talk yeah. to your son like about free agency. Like, it's his kid. Talk, forget about free agency in NBA. It's a kid talking to his dad about job opportunities. Yeah, like, really that's, vague. That's the, we know that's going to happen, but like, I don't know how you could punish him for that. Like, I don't know. I, know. I can't have dinner with my son. <laughs> I can't ask him how the job prospects are looking. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens because they said that Tucker and Harden they have deals going on, and they said that might be with Fanatics and Michael Rubin, who used to be who was our president uh, with the with the Sixers. So maybe they're saying that the Harden taking the discount, he's going to make up for it in kind of deals he's getting from Fanatics and, and other stuff. So um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that, that kind of ties together, and if the NBA would would call that consider that tampering because Rubin was a part of the organization, then a week later he steps down. Free agency starts. I mean, I don't know if they can even do that, but good luck. Good luck finding that out. I yeah. bet you Ruben's got great lawyers too. <laughs> yeah. Finding those conversations out. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have a conversation until I resigned. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The first time we had a conversation about it was, it was at my party in the Hamptons. That was, yeah. that, that was that way after. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, fellas, well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we we'll, we'll see. You know, we're still waiting on things to happen. So we got to see the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving stuff to happen. And then Harden hopefully signs this deal. Then maybe everything else, all the other trades and transactions can happen at that point. So, yep. Nice. All right, we'll see you guys next week. All right, see you all guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.